Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me, if you would, to Hebrews, the first chapter. Hebrews chapter 1. We're singing... He's under our feet. The devil is under our feet. What does that mean, the devil is under our feet? What does it mean? And how important is that? Amen. And, and what is it based on? Well, I mean, it's good that the devil's under our feet. It's better than have him over our head. Isn't that right? Amen. The devil is under our feet. But how, how is that true? How did he get placed under our feet? Jesus. Yeah. And then, and then it stirred me up this morning. I had a different message that I was going to preach this morning. Brother Steve stirred me up on the name of Jesus. So I think I'll just preach on the name of Jesus for a little bit. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 1, glory to God. In verse 1 it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. That's talking about the Old Testament prophets. He has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Jesus has been appointed heir of all things. Now, a lot of people don't understand this. A lot of people think that Jesus has always been heir of all things. But not in the, he, he has not been heir of all things in the sense that he's talking about here. Because it says now, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, who he has appointed heir of all. This is something that's happened in the last days. Jesus, this is not something that Jesus had from eternity past. Now, we, listen, just to make sure everybody understands, Jesus is the eternal son of God. The Bible speaks of a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three different persons, but one God. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> Neither does anybody else, but the Bible teaches it. I don't know how three people can be one God, but three people are one. It's not, we don't have three gods, we have one God. But one God exists in three persons. There's three personalities, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three people, these three persons have always existed. So Jesus as God, the Son, the second person of the Trinity, has always existed. So from the standpoint of being the creator, because the Bible says all things were made by him, from the standpoint of, of Jesus as the creator, certainly everything was created by him. The Bible says it was created for him. The Bible says in him, everything sticks together. 
So in one sense, as Jesus, the eternal Son of God, yes, all things have always belonged to him, but how could it then say that, that God the Father has appointed him heir of all things? This is a different, this is a different, uh, uh, this is a different application. I don't know how best to say it because I didn't preach, I didn't intend to preach this this morning. So I'm just think, trying to think of how to say this. This is a different consideration of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is something that's happened in the last days. See, again, he has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. Let's read on a little bit further before we go back and explore that some more. Who, speaking of Jesus, being the brightness of his, the Father's glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, think about who Jesus is. All things, it says that, 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 through him all the worlds were made, latter part of verse two. He's the brightness of the glory and the express image of the Father. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. So we're talking about the same Jesus, we're just talking about a different aspect of his reign. It says, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is when God appointed him heir of all things. How could God appoint Jesus to be heir of all things if he made everything and everything already belonged to him? Well, we find out that as the eternal son of God, he always existed. But he took upon himself flesh he was, he was conceived, his physical body was conceived by the Holy Ghost on the inside of Mary's womb. And the eternal son of God came down and took up residence in that holy uh, uh, child that was created. And he was, we know what happened. Mary carried him for nine months. He was born. He, he lived a sinless life. When he was 30 years of age, he began his ministry. But you see, over in Philippians, turn, turn to, to this passage, turn to, to Philippians chapter two. Turn to Philippians chapter two. Verse number five says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, See, that, that's, that's where he started. And you, you can't even really say it that way because he didn't start. God doesn't have a starting point. He's eternal. He always existed. Well, how is that possible? I have no idea. It's just what the Bible teaches. It's bigger than, there's a lot of things about God I don't understand. Can you imagine? There's a lot of things about God you don't understand. Amen. We just have to take the word of God at face value. So it says, Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, 
Now, the margin of my Bible, uh, th- th- this is not a good translation. I don't know why when the King James was, was redone into the New King James, I don't know why in the world they kept that, that terminology because it's just not, uh, uh, it, it doesn't convey what he's talking about. The margin of my Bible where it says he, he, that who being in the form of God, he did not consider it robbery. The margin of my Bible says something, says this means something to be held onto to be equal. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not consider his equality with God to be something to be held on to. Instead, he made himself of no reputation. Again, in the margin of my Bible, and yours probably does too, it says he emptied himself of his privileges. He emptied himself of his privileges. So when, when the eternal son of God took up residence in a human body and became a man, became a, when I say a man, he became a human being. When that happened, he emptied himself of his privileges. And one translation says he laid aside, now listen, he laid aside his mighty power and glory. And took upon himself, it says here, the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. You see, when Jesus humbled himself because of the Father's will, because of a fallen race, because of men and women like you and I who were lost and had no way back to God, There was no other solution. If there had been, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if there's any other way. But there wasn't any other way. So Jesus responded to the will of his father and was willing to come here and lay aside all of his power and glory and his privileges as God and take up humanity. He he does he, he didn't just, he, he didn't pretend to be a man. He became a man. The Bible says there's, there's one uh, 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 mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, the human being, Christ Jesus. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he didn't cease to be a human anymore. He didn't go back to his, his previous state of just being deep. Now, he, listen, Jesus was God the whole time he was here. He never ceased to be God. He never ceased to be who he was. He eternally existed and, and, and will always exist as, as God. But he took upon himself humanity and even after he was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, he didn't, he didn't shed that humanity. He, he maintained it. He's still a man. He's still God. But, but when he came here and he took upon himself humanity, when he took the uh, humanity upon himself, he divested himself for a period of time for all, from all of his divine prerogatives, all of his privileges, all of his power and glory as being God. He became a man in every sense of the word. He became subject to the natural laws of this world. He became subject to the feelings that we feel, the temptations we're tempted with. You see Jesus 
in his earth, uh, in his earthly ministry, you see him growing weary and tired. On the road, they stopped, and it says that Jesus uh, was tired, and he was thirsty, and he needed something to drink. You see him being touched by the needs of people around him. And so while Jesus was here, this is kind of secondary to what I'm talking about, but while he was here, he ministered not as God, the Son, but he ministered as the Son of Man, as, a, as an ordinary man full of the Holy Ghost. Because he, he went down into the Jordan River and when he went down into the river, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and, and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, hear him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit at that point and was anointed by the Holy Spirit and everything he did in his earthly ministry all of his healings, his miracles, feeding the multitudes, uh, all of the words that came out of his mouth, all of that was by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. But you see, when he had by himself purchased our salvation, how does it say it again in Hebrews where we were? When he had by himself, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And when he sat down at the right hand of God, God then appointed him as, listen to me, as the man Christ Jesus. As the man Christ Jesus, God appointed him as a man, heir of all things. Appointed him as a man, heir of all things. He didn't have that in his earthly ministry. He wasn't heir of all things. Remember when he was tempted? You remember in, in, the, in the gospel of Luke, it tells, it goes into detail about his temptation, how the devil appeared to him and said, if you are the son of God, and Jesus was fasting, he had been fasting for 40 days and he was, I guarantee you after fasting for 40 days, you'd be hungry. You think Jesus wasn't hungry? He was a man. He was just as hungry as you'd be. And at that point of need, the enemy came and said, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Even at a time of, of absolute need, he didn't, he didn't take the devil's bait. And then the Bible says that, that, the, that the devil took him up in vision form and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And Satan said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Jesus said, get behind me. It is written, you shall worship the Lord God alone. No other one will you serve. Now, people who don't understand this People who don't understand the Bible, don't understand redemption, made the mistake of saying, you see, the devil offered Jesus something that, that was rightfully his. It didn't even belong to the devil. It was already Jesus's. No, it wasn't. Because if what the devil was offering Jesus didn't belong to the devil and it actually belonged to Jesus at the time he offered it to him, how would that be a temptation? That wouldn't have been a temptation. And if he didn't know it, then he's not God.
If he did know it and he just went along with it, then he's deceiving all of us. No, when Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them, it was his to give. And it did not belong to the Lord Jesus at that time. The Lord Jesus came as a man. And as a man, he ministered by the Holy Ghost, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the kingdoms of this world did belong to the devil. You say, well, how, how, how can you back that up? Well, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that Satan is the God of this world. Jesus, three time, two or three times, referred to Satan as the prince of this world. Same thing. The, the ruler of this world. Third John says that the world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Third John. So we've got a bunch of scriptures, more than two or three, that tell us that the world is under the control of the evil one. How did he, how did, how did Satan become the God of this world? Adam gave this world's dominion over to the devil. When God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the garden and gave them authority. He said, exercise authority, have dominion over all of the earth, everything in it. Well, when, when, and that belonged to man, that was man's. Man had dominion, not just Adam, but mankind. It was inherent in humanity to have dominion over everything. But when Adam obeyed Satan's uh, temptation, when he took, he and Eve took and ate of that forbidden fruit, they disobeyed God. What they did is they gave up their authority. They gave up dominion in the earth and Satan usurped the authority that God intended for man. Satan became the God of this world. And all you have to do is look at world history and you can see it. You can see the ugly path of sin and death and destruction that has passed over to this, that has passed over the entire earth because of Adam giving over dominion to the devil. Now, when Jesus was born into the earth, he was born into the earth as an outsider, so to speak. He was a man, but he had this one very vast and important difference. He was without sin. Because every little baby that's born in the earth uh, comes by natural generation and there is a sin nature that passes down from parent to child and it comes through the father. If you want to know the truth, it comes through the father. It doesn't come through the mother. It's passed from the father down to his children. Well, Jesus didn't have an earthly father. He had a human mother, but his father was God. His father was the Holy Ghost. And so because of that, Jesus took upon himself humanity and he came into the earth. He was in every way a man, but he wasn't a man like other people around him. He was a man like Adam was. He was a man like, like man was before sin. He came into the earth and the Bible calls him the last Adam. It's the first Adam and the last Adam. So he took upon himself humanity. He's in every way man like we are, except without sin. Now that's a, that's a big leg up. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you that. He, you know, we talk about him just being a man. He was a man, but he wasn't just a man like you and me. 
He was without sin. But he, but he still laid aside his heavenly prerogatives and power and glory as God. He still became a man in the, in the sense that Adam was. He was just like Adam. And so he was able to receive from God. He was able to uh, walk in fellowship with God. He was able to hear from the Holy Spirit and, and be in perfect communion with his father. And he acted out the will of his father at every turn, at every situation. He only did the things that pleased the father. And then he allowed himself to be crucified. We know the story. He went to the cross. He paid for the sins of the human race. And when God raised him from the dead, as the second, as the last Adam, as the last Adam, as the new representative man of a new race of men, the head of a new race of men of which we are all brethren. Because when you were born again, you were placed into Christ became one with him and Christ has been appointed heir of everything as a man as a man not not in his stature as God that's a different that's a different that's on a different dimension that's just a completely separate thing but as a man he became heir of all things That's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, turn over there. That's why in Matthew 28, when Jesus appeared in verse number 18, it says Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is obviously something that he hadn't had before because he says it's been given to me. He says it's been given to me. This was an announcement of something that hadn't existed before. when When he was raised from the dead, having been made heir of all things, he said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. And then he said, you therefore go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And if you go over to Mark's gospel, ooh, glory. Amen. You know, Mark's gospel dovetails with, with Matthew's gospel. The, the Great Commission, there's two different accounts of the Great Commission and they're both true. Actually, there's three. There's one over in Luke. Actually, there's four. There's one over in Acts. There's four accounts of the Great Commission. And you have to read them all together because they all say what Jesus, what Jesus said and what, he, and what he commissioned. Mark says, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved and he who does not believe will be condemned. In, in these signs will follow those who believe in my name. In my name. You see, Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, became heir of all things and all authority was given unto him and he gave us his name. He said, go out and in my name cast out devils. In my name heal the sick. In my name preach the gospel. Baptize, get people delivered, glory to God. In my name, the name of Jesus, 
Acts says there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name has been given to this man right here. This man right here, this man right here that we all know, just an ordinary guy, ordinary Joe, you've been given the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can, can we go back and just finish Hebrews? Hebrews 1. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. By inheritance. He has, an, he has obtained a name that's more excellent than even the names of the angels. Oh, glory to God. Go back to Philippians and we'll close. Philippians again. Go to the third chapter. Philippians chapter three. Woo, glory. Excuse me, chapter two, where we were. Philippians two. Let this in mind, verse five says, be in you which was also in Christ who being in the form of God did not consider it something to be held on to, to be equal with God. But instead he made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. He laid aside his great power and glory as God and taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being, excuse me, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God also has given him a name, glory to God. Having highly exalted him, he's given him the name which is above every name and Jesus said, now you go out in my name. You go out in my name. You go out as my representatives. You go out carrying my name, glory to God. Woo! You go out in the full authority of my commission. In the full, of, in the full authority of my name. That's whenever we, that's why when we sing about the name of Jesus, we ought to stop like, Pastor, like Brother Steve did this morning and say, we need to think about, we're not just, we're not just singing a song here. We're not just reciting something by memory that just by rote that we just say over and over and over, thank, thank you for the name of Jesus and all praise to the name of Jesus. It's bigger than that. We need, to, we need to realize that that name is above every other name and it was given to us. It's, we've been commissioned to, to act in that name. Amen. To act in that Amen. name. That's to right. do things Amen. in that name. Amen. To minister to people in that name and by that name, by the authority of that name. We are duly authorized ones. We are duly authorized ones. We are carriers of a commission. And we, each one of us has been given that name. That name's been conferred not only upon that man, but upon this man and that man and this woman and that one, you and me. That name's been conferred upon us. Who did it? Jesus did it. He gave his name to men. 
He said, now in my name, you go out. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.